Welcome to the Get Good at Presenting podcast with Lee Jackson. Hi and welcome back to Get Good at Presenting, the podcast. Today we've got a very special, different kind of episode. I'm here with my, well, part of my mastermind group of fellow speakers, and I thought I should ask them some questions while they're here. So this is completely unscripted. We've been speaking all day, helping each other with our businesses and helping to be better speakers to get more business. And today I'm going to ask them questions. They're all pulling funny faces at me right now because they're in the background. So I've got with me today, I've got Dave Heiner. Dave Heiner is one of the most experienced speakers in the UK, does lots of schools and businesses and CEO groups and is known for goal setting and stuff. He'll explain to that in a minute. He's mentioned the million people. The million, yeah, he spoke, <laughs> he, he rings his spoke to a million people. Yes. We're not sure. But anyway, that's good. We've got Nathan Littleton is a marketing expert, content, I'm looking at him now, content marketing expert. Yeah, not far off. And of course, we've got our old friend, and old, I didn't oh. mean to say that. Oh, I'm in trouble now. I'm 83, you know. We've got John Atauka, who's been on the podcast before, but he's just a great, does loads of after dinner and his achievement thinking speaking. So I'm going to put this into the middle of the room. And I'm going to ask some questions. Can we just say, uh, Lee, thank you so very much for those introductions. We we're sure we're sure you meant well. <laughs> they were one of the best introductions you've ever had. I know. Yeah, since since well, they're the best ones we've had in the last thirty yeah. seconds. It's yeah, it's live, boys. It's live. Okay, so we're going to put it in the middle of the room. I'm risking it now. Here we go. The recorder is in the middle. Don't touch it, boys. So presentation skills tips, stuff about being a speaker. Just go for it. Try not to make each other laugh too much. But uh, off you go. Nathan, what, what are you thinking? What can you give tips to someone listening on this podcast now? Sure. I mean, I, I see a, a number of speakers around the place who are very, very good at what they do in terms of their content area. And I see a number of speakers who I wouldn't necessarily consider to, the, to be the best speakers I've ever seen, but they seem to be really successful and making a huge amount of money. Or at least from the outside, that's what the perception would be. And I think the, the main lesson from that is there's a big difference in terms of firstly, what you speak on and it being valuable to an audience and actually what a booker is prepared to pay for. Similarly, there is a difference between a really good speaker and a really good marketer. It's not enough to just be good at what you do and good in your content area. You also have to be good at marketing and selling what you do. Okay. He's good, isn't he? Yeah, big challenge there. Yeah, exactly. We reckon we've talked about this a little bit before, but I think that Yes, being a speaker is is as much about being marketing. And I think Dave, you had a you had a comment early in the day about marketing and speakers. What was that you, you said? So we, we are not professional speakers. We're unless you can afford a sales team and a marketing division and only want PAs to do. We had effectively we're marketeers who earn the right to speak. We have to sell and market ourselves first. It's no good just being a content expert. You have to be able to sell and market yourself first and foremost. Great. So if you're listening to this, you just want to be a public speaker and to do well, that's probably not as relevant. But if you want to make a living out of speaking, you need to understand it's yeah. more about marketing than it is about standing on the stage. And that's, as much, as much. yeah, because yeah. Yeah. people fall in love with the stage bit, but they don't like the marketing bit. John, well, what, any well, thoughts? We were going to talk about presentation tips, but as we're talking about marketing, I think we've got to go to the uh, the basics of marketing. So we need to understand what is our offering, what kind of information are we giving our audiences. We need to understand who is the audience, who are we selling our information to. But when it comes to selling our information, we need to know the format we're selling it in. Is it going to be a keynote speech? Is it going to be a, a training course? Is it going to be mentoring? Is it going to be coaching? And then we need to understand who are our buyers <coughs> And who are our influencers? 
because there's a difference between the buyers and the influencer because the buyer is the person that has the the buying power the influencer doesn't have the buying power but they influence the buyer in other words it might be in my case my internal communications director tends to hire me they have the, the money on the purse strings but the influencer tends to be the secretary because they have right. the ear of the internal communications director okay. That's good. So influencers and buyers, that's a good, good marketing tip. So let's go pure presentation skills then for a bit. Go around the circle. What tips would you got? Uh, the listeners have heard loads of tips that I've given, so I'll shut up for a little bit. But what tips would you got? What would you wish you've learned earlier, maybe, as a professional speaker? Service. We, we can be guilty at times of standing on stage seeking applause, recognition, adulation, instead of going there to serve the customer. We kid ourselves that that's why we're doing it. But but actually, most of us, we do it to feel significant. Whereas if you go genuinely to just leave everything with the audience, serve them, go there with the intention of making them achieve their goals, make them more effective, help their productivity, save more time, bottom line go. If, if we genuinely serve the customer, even an average presenter or speaker can have a huge impact. And if you have a huge impact on your audience, you'll get more gigs than other speakers. Right. Great tip. Challenging. I like it. Good tip. Anything else, boys? It is all boys today. We do do usually have uh, one or two women here, but they haven't turned up, other. So it's literally boys. So what we think, boys? If anybody thinks the world of professional speaking is salubrious, there are four middle-aged blokes <laughs> knelt around a coffee table that Lee Jackson made out of pallets, and John Taker is literally on his knees with his hands in his pockets, like a schoolboy praying. <laughs> so this is a quality coffee table, Dave. <laughs> I was doing this kind of upcycling thing, but it never quite worked. It's like the GCE. It, it is. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. O-leveling woodwork, mate. Any other presentation skills? Any any tips you can get? Yeah. People are desperate for these tips. It, it's perhaps an obvious one, but I think there's an important distinction to make in the fact that you have to adapt if you have what you would consider an off-the-shelf presentation or workshop that you deliver. I think it's really important to adapt the examples and the stories you give so that it resonates with your audience. You might think that you do that automatically, but actually how are the examples that you're giving, the stories that you're telling, how do they fit with the worldview of your audience? The particular life experiences that they have, where they are within their career and their job, your stories and examples have to resonate. It's pointless talking about a situation you had with a million pound business deal if you're talking to someone who's never had experiences with a million pound business deal. Similarly, it's there's no point in talking about Everything that is to do with the trials and tribulations of having children or pets if your audience don't have children children's or pets. So although children's children's children or pets. Yeah. Or pets. Or pets is it's the plural of pets is pets is It's a new trend, it's gonna catch up. Or pet children. Either those things would work, right? Yeah, okay, so make the stories relevant. So well, not... actually, honestly, sorry, go on. No, you go, John. No, you were saying make the stories relevant because yeah. I am about to was about That's to build them back, but carry on. Okay, so I was just saying make the stories relevant. So it's a good tip that just because you've got a favourite story, you don't tell that because it's your favourite story. You're serving the audience. Coming back to what Dave said, you're serving the audience, aren't you? So if that story doesn't serve the audience that you're with and you haven't done the right research, then you need to ditch that and use something else. To build on that, on what Nathan was saying, I talk about achievement thinking, which is uh, mindset tools to build resilience, manage change, achieve a goal. So when I speak, I'll tell a story about an issue that I had once, and this is how I solved it. This is the tool that I used to overcome that issue. 
And then what I do is I say, when you find yourself in such and such a situation, so I'll talk about a situation that the audience can relate to. How do I do that? I do that through the briefing with the client beforehand. So when I get briefed by the client, I'll say, right, so in which cases do you find your audience, your people having this particular issue? When, for instance, when do they find themselves hesitating in carrying out an action or a task? So it might be a sales audience and a sales audience might hesitate in carrying out an action or a task when it comes to doing the, the follow-up telephone call. So I can use that as an example when I'm saying, right, when oh, I hesitate, great. this is how I did it. And uh, when you find yourself in that situation, Okay, so what we're talking about here is doing research, isn't it? Adjusting things and doing research. I think some people think that if they've got a talk, they'll just take that talk around any yeah. audience. Yeah. No, and that's just be, not how it it's works. It's going to be tailored. Yeah, so tailor your talk, speak to the client or the audience members. We've talked about this before, get there early, talk to the delegates, you know, find out what their issues are. There's a lot, a lot to be said for that as well in making yourself more comfortable. If you have any fears or anxiety around going on stage, if you're talking to people that you've already spoken to, that's much easier than standing oh, okay. up in front of a room full of strangers. Actually, you're just following up on a conversation that you've had before. And if you can reference that within the presentation as well, oh, I was speaking to, to Jill earlier and we were having this conversation, we were talking about what, what was happening with her kids. You can reference that within your stories and examples it shows you as being more genuine as well and that you have adapted your stories and examples for that audience. Very good. Great. A bit of fun, boys. Worst and best speaking gigs. <laughs> worst and <laughs> best. Try not, to, try not to swear, try not to mention too many names, but worst and the ones you've done that have been random and bad and the ones have gone really well. What do you reckon? What do you can't think? kick off. David Heiner because I've been distracted for the last five minutes by a rogue solitary chocolate left on the coffee table but now I'm back in the room worst speaking experience was for a chief exec group where there were ten business owners and they take it in turns to go and hold the meetings at each other's workplaces and I have done a gig to business leaders in a canteen at a dog food factory Wow. It was appalling. <laughs> Everything about it was just wrong. Uh, I should have walked away, but I didn't because I was stupid and naive at the time. The best gig by a country mile was probably the... I, I, when I set out in speaking, I said, how will I know if I'm getting there? And I said, in my home city, at the, which is Birmingham in the West Midlands in the UK, at the Symphony Hall, biggest conference, beautiful, beautiful venue, in the big main room, Full fee, corporate gig to a thousand plus people. And a couple of years back, I was standing on in the round stage with 1,200 opticians in the room in my home city at the big hall at Symphony Hall. And it's just one of those oh. pinch yourself moments. Wow. Pinch yourself. Great. That's a nice gig. So a dog food factory yeah. right through to the Symphony <laughs> Hall, right? Done them all, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Expect them all. Anyone else been in I don't a dog know about food the, factory? I don't know about, no, not in a dog food factory. I don't know about the worst gig that I've done, but I, don't about, I know about the worst introduction that I've ever had. Okay, this is good. So the worst introduction that I've ever had was an after dinner that I once did in Doncaster. Doncaster? Doncaster. South Yorkshire. And I'm being introduced, and it's a DJ that's introducing me. And he says, right then... So, attention, please. Attention, please. Atten attention. Right, we've got somebody coming on now who does tricks, and I've spoken to the booker, and he, and he must be good because he's VAT registered. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, 
John Walkie Kamaka Walk Walkie. And I walked on to the silence of my own footsteps. And wow. this DJ, being the professional that he is, recognizes error, but he knew how to correct it. <laughs> Come on then, you buggers, clap then. <laughs> <laughs> So that was the worst introduction. That took a little bit of a recovery for us. Yes, call to action. Call to action. And I think the the best one was doing um, an after dinner on the Royal Yacht Britannia in the Grand Ballroom. The Grand Ballroom. Can you imagine how many people that holds? Wow. 60. It holds 60. (laughs) 60. But it was beautiful. It was gorgeous on the Royal Yacht Britannia. It was a corporate gig. It was a, a great audience. I was going to say, had you broken into the... I broke it. They didn't know. They weren't <laughs> expecting me. I just turned up. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's very posh. I like mm. that. Bad introductions. Nathan is a little younger than us three, should we say. So, you know, we wind him up about being young. Yeah, so maybe, maybe you haven't had these terrible gigs we've had. Still in shorts. <laughs> well, to be honest, a similar similar story around introductions. I had my name wrong in, in an introduction. I think because it was one of my first gigs, I think I might have been a 19... They'd got my name wrong. And of course, then it's the only thing I can think about is they've got my name wrong, they've got my name wrong, they've got my name wrong. Completely affected my performance the whole way through. That's the reason why now, as part of my introduction, it explains the spelling of my name, just to make sure in the case that someone's only skim reading it, it it makes sure that they get my name right. See, tips as part of stories as well. How about that? Your name is not that complicated, is it? It's not. It's not. It shouldn't be that difficult. My name's Nathan Littleton. The number of times I've been called Nathan Little John. That's the one. Uh, okay. yeah. Even on BBC News, that happened. Oh. Real proud experience. Sat around the TV with my family, ready to see this oh. appearance on BBC News. And Nathan Little John is there. Oh, oh. yeah. That was and because it. you do a lot of web-related stuff, mm-hmm. you're thinking you've lost all the Google SEO because no one's typing in your name. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. Could be worse. Oh. Could be called Jeremy Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> so you could, yeah. Uh, John Hatauka. We've talked about your name before, but that's a more unusual name. But Littleton, I didn't think they would misspell that. That's you wouldn't think thing. so, but it happens more than I care to. Yeah. I've been called Heiner. Yeah. Really? Heiner's not a bad... I've been called Hyena, Hyman. <laughs> I've been called Hyman, okay? Please welcome... That's an actual mistake. That's, that's, that's perfectly understandable. That's crazy. Yeah, I guess Lee Jackson doesn't really get mis... Uh, Consider yourself yeah. lucky. That's yeah. like a 1930s yeah. detective. <laughs> hey, Lee Jackson, man. Wow. <laughs> There's quite a few of us around. But yeah, I, don't, I think I've probably told all my bad and worst stories. I did do, uh, so it wasn't a dog food factory, it was a school gig, but it was in the dining room and they were still packing up after yeah. dinner. So every time I was speaking, they'd be behind, they'd go, are you all here? And they're all packing up, banging the uh, the cups and the plates in the, the background. Cabbage. <laughs> yeah, there was just that. Dinner, yeah, dinner halls and schools have that very strange order that you don't quite know what it is, and yeah, so that that was great. But eventually, I got them. But it took it took a little it took a little while. That was a pretty bad gig. And best gig, biggest gigs were uh, Royal Festival Hall in London. Mm. Two and a half thousand six formers. That was a good gig. Did that yeah with someone that was good. And that's the only time we've had a dressing room because normally I just you know you just turn up. But it was a dressing room with a piano in it. Ooh. I thought, yeah, that's good, isn't it? Get so that was exciting. But yes, yeah, so I just sat in the dressing room on my own, pretending I could play the piano. But yes, yeah, so yeah. But that's the thing you don't you don't look for the good or the bad. You go there, there to the serve gig. an audience, don't yeah, you? Exactly. So you 
sometimes you get a nice dressing room, sometimes you just, you know, you don't have a dressing room when you just turn up, don't you? Yeah, I suppose so, uh, what we'd consider our best gig might be very different to if you were to ask an audience member who's the best speaker you've ever seen and where was it. Yeah, they might not even know where it was, might not even remember, but they'd probably yeah, remember yeah. who was on stage and what they what they delivered yeah, for them. Yeah. yeah. Very good. And when we work, it's usually very varied where we work. People might think, oh, we're working in all these fantastic places. Years and years ago, I remember that on the Thursday, Thursday night, I was doing an after dinner at the, um, uh, the, crikey, oh, the London, the big hotel. And I forgot, I've lost the big it. One. Yes, the, never mind. Anyway, this massive hotel. Big hotel. A big yeah, hotel. Yeah. A big hotel oh, in London. I can't believe I've forgotten that when this. Mayfair week, Hotel? No, or it was. It was like the Waldorf Astoria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was like the Waldorf Astoria. Anyway, well, that was the one night. On the Friday night, another there was another massive gig, a thousand people in this audience. Massive, beautiful hotel. Another posh hotel in London is the, I don't know, forgotten. Dorchester. The Dorchester, Ritz. whatever the Ritz. The Ritz. Anyway, Ritz. I forget now. But then on the Saturday, flown out to Switzerland to entertain at the Montreal Palace. Uh, came home on Sunday, Monday. Bamford Sheepdog Trial Association. <laughs> but it is dog trial. Yeah, Bamford Sheepdog <laughs> Trial Association. And it's just the contrast that we have to yeah. experience, isn't it? Very good, very I've, good. I've also, I've also learned that you should always check your surroundings, oh. you know, when you're working out, your stage mechanics, things like that. I, I often joke as part of my opening that if there's a fire, just follow me, I'll be first out the door running for my life, screaming, we're all going to die. And sometimes I'm, I'm very spontaneous, I respond to situations. And I was working in a high school in West Bromwich in the Black Country, and I was, I'd got real rapport with this huge group of 200 Year 11 students. We were having real some great banter and a laugh, and the fire alarm went off. And quick as a flash, I legged it towards these <laughs> big glass fire doors, so they're the old-fashioned school hall doors with a big glass in it with a metal wire in it, assuming that the fire doors would be open. Oh. And it was like a scene from Tom and Jerry, the cartoon. I hit the door and just slid down the door. I had no blood trickling out my left nostril. Oh, How I didn't break my nose, I don't know, but I was winded. Absolutely. I mean, they, they thought it was the funniest <laughs> thing they've ever seen in their life. But it took me about five minutes to compose myself to be able to carry on. Did you get a return booking? No. No. Uh, but it, well, there you go. But it, but it did get a bill to replace the glass yeah, in the door. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's good, isn't it? Let's see, how much time have we done? Let's have a little look. I think we got 20 minutes there, boys. That's good. Any last little tips? And it's been a bit of fun. Any last little tips you want to, for the listeners? Anything you could say? Maybe something you wish you'd learned a bit earlier. Now you're a few years into being a professional speaker. Ooh. That'll be a no then, by the sounds of it. <laughs> um, Actually, yeah, this is a speaking business. And go back to one of the things we first talked yeah. about, which is if it's a if it's a speaking business, if you're going to speak as part of your job or to earn a living from it, we have to be professional. Now, anyone who does know me knows I'm one of the most immature people on the planet. But when it comes to my business, I'm very very serious about it, and I made the mistake for the first three years of sitting in my office waiting for the phone to ring. Well, the consequence of that was I wasn't busy, didn't get a lot of work, money was tight, and I should have, if you listen to my wife, have gone and got a job. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm stubborn. Uh, I call it tenacious. My wife calls it stubborn. We've got to be professional. We have to do the sales, have to do the marketing, have to do all the collateral work around speaking to earn the right 
and the privilege to serve people from a stage. Absolutely. This is a business and we, we cannot expect just to have a great keynote. No one cares. It's like the old adage about writing a book. Everyone says, oh, I've got a great book inside of me. Well, we haven't got an X-ray machine, you know? Write the book, one page a day, do it. It's about the grunt work, that consistency of doing work. It's a, it's a job. Very good. Yeah. Anything else, boys, or will you close it up? They're all looking blank. It's been a long day. We, we can't. We can't follow Okay. Years. So I just had a mild panic attack. You've just moved the chocolate eclair to the <laughs> other end of the table, Lee. Sorry, I'll just... We, we've had lots of nice snacks safe, today. Quite safe on this side of the table, I think we're fine. Well, I'll, I'll move the chocolate eclair back towards Dave, just oh. so he's, he's he's worried about that. Okay, so uh, just... So thank, thanks for having a bit of a laugh. Thanks for chipping in. Why don't you just... Uh, Tell everyone your name again and your website address and where they can find you. David Heiner, H-Y-N-E-R, davidheiner.com. Nathan Littleton at nathanlittleton.co.uk. John Hatauka at www.hotowka.co.uk. That's hatauka.co.uk. And of course, it's me, Lee Jackson, leejackson.biz, leejackson.biz. And don't forget my audio book, Get Good at Presenting, is now out on Audible and iTunes and wherever you buy audiobooks. So go and have a look at that. Until next time, thank you. Thank you, boys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks Jackson. If you'd like to know more about Lee's work as a motivational keynote speaker and presentation coach, visit his website at leejackson.biz. That's leejackson.biz.